This is a JNNP podcast in association with the BNPA. And uh, my name is Chris Butler. I'm a cognitive neurologist from the University of Oxford. And I'm here today talking with Catherine Slattery, uh, a PhD student at UCL, um, who has given a members platform presentation on TREM2 in Alzheimer's disease, frontotemporal dementia and prion disease. Catherine, I wonder whether we could start by getting you to give us a little bit of general background about genetic influences in Alzheimer's disease. So from uh, familial studies in Alzheimer's disease, we've identified three autosomal dominant genes um, that are causative for Alzheimer's dementia. Um, And then in 1993, we discovered a risk factor called apolipoprotein E. And if you have two copies of the E4 allele, then this can increase your risk of getting the disease by up to 10 times. It doesn't uh, necessarily cause it, but it's a risk factor. And then early in 2013, a new discovery was made about the genetic basis of Alzheimer's in that a rare mutation in a gene called TREM2 increased your risk of getting Alzheimer's by about three and a half times. So um, what was your project setting out to do? So this gene TREM2, we know it's expressed on microglial cells and we think it's involved in uh, modulation of inflammation in the brain. And this led us to wonder, was this mutation specific in increasing your risk of Alzheimer's disease or could it potentially have a wider role in other neurodegenerative diseases? And a few other groups have looked at this and with Alzheimer's the results being replicated but for example in frontotemporal dementia there seems to be some controversy about whether it is or is not a risk factor and then there are some other diseases such as prion disease which nobody's yet investigated. So we looked for uh, this mutation in UK cohorts of Alzheimer's disease, frontotemporal dementia and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and in our cohorts we found that it was a risk factor for Alzheimer's disease but didn't appear to be a risk factor for frontotemporal dementia or Creutzfeldt-Jakob. And we also went on to have a look at um, the medical records of the patients we had identified to see if there are any unusual features. Could you just tell us how many uh, patients were in each group? Certainly. So in the Alzheimer's disease group, we had about 1,000 patients. And in this group, we identified 14 people that had the mutations. That's about one for every 70 patients. Our frontotemporal dementia cohort was smaller because this is a rarer dementia, and it was about 350. And in the prion cohort altogether, we had um, 2,500. And that's when we pulled our UK samples with some from America and Germany as well. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were talking about the clinical presentation. So we looked at the 14 individuals with Alzheimer's disease who had this mutation, and we found that it could be associated with young-onset disease, by which I mean people who are being affected in their 40s and their 50s, which is really very unusual in somebody who doesn't have one of the three autosomal dominant mutations. We also found that when we looked at the patients who didn't have this mutation, the ones that did they got symptom onset approximately six and a half years earlier. And then we looked at the sorts of problems that they had, and most of them, uh, 13 out of 14, presented with memory problems. And the imaging was also typical for Alzheimer's. So overall, we concluded that it could cause young onset disease. People that had the gene got disease six and a half years younger. But other than that, the disease that they uh, got looked very much like typical Alzheimer's disease, which was led with a memory presentation. Great, thank you very much indeed. So just to summarise then, in terms of the genetic risk conferred by this uh, variant, what is the feeling in Alzheimer's disease? It's 
um, less strongly associated than ApoE4? So if you have this particular variant in the TRIM2 gene, R47H, a global meta-analysis of all the studies so far has shown that it increased your odds by about three and a half times. This is broadly in keeping with the same effect you'd see if you had one of the E4 alleles in the ApoE4 gene. All right, so very exciting new work. Thank you very much indeed for sharing it with us and congratulations on being selected for a Members Platform presentation here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.